What is up, podcast party people? I am back, and I have another guest. And you will never guess who it is, unless you read the title, in which case you probably would (laughs) therefore guess and know who it is. But we have an amazing God story to share and incredible testimony. I just heard about this a few weeks ago, and I was so blown away by just the impact that it's had on so many people and how God's done things where you have to recognize like, oh my gosh, this can only be God. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that ministry mystery right now (laughs) with the one, the only Alex Robinson. Yes. Thank you. First off so much. All glory to God is nothing that I could do without my team, Core 4, and just carry the love to the streets. But seriously, thank you. It's literally, I'm just in awe. I I, I said this to uh, a friend, I think, like a week ago. And I basically just said, I was like, man, I'm just in awe. And just like, just in awe of God, just allowing me to set, like, just to be a part of and just sit and just watch what he's like unraveling in front of me. And it's like the the kind of stuff that you see in books and like movies. But it's just, I'm just in awe that God allows me to just be part of it. It's really cool. Yeah, so Alex has an amazing story, which you can tell he's already hyped up to talk about it. He's been praying about this. He's been seeking the Lord. But Alex has a ministry for the homeless that the Lord really put on his heart. And so I just kind of wanted to have him on and share a little bit about how that came to be, how it happened, like just everything that the Lord's done with that. So Alex, do you want to share, like, how did it all begin? Yeah, kind of before I say anything, is it cool if I just open up with a quote that's just burning in me right now? Oh, of course. Yeah, okay. Um, It's by Charles Spurgeon, and he says, If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped around their knees, imploring them to stay. And if hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions and let not one go unwarned and unprayed for. I think this is the same kind of love and the same kind of passion that we should have for just the lost around us. There's millions of people dying every day, millions of people that we pass by daily that are just broken and carry a story and carry a weight that not a lot of people see. So, yeah, um, how did it all begin? Sorry, not to get heavy, but... Well, it started in a parking lot, Victory, just across the street. And I was praying this prayer. Um, and it's 11 p.m. I just got tore up. And I said, God, I said, let me reach one person before I go to sleep. And in the middle of the prayer, it's just me sitting there. And in the middle of the prayer, I get a knock on the window. And I look up, and it was a homeless person. <laughs> I was like, okay. And I step out, and I introduce myself. And I, I kind of told him what I was praying. And I said, I said, how can I minister to you? He said, man, he said, so many times people throw resources at us. They shove scripture down our throat. He said, we just want to be seen. We just want to be loved. And he he went on to say, he said, 90% of his community could probably leave the streets, but they don't because it's the only place that they find love. And for me, that was an issue. I mean, they just want to be seen. And I, I prayed this prayer and I was just broken for this homeless community in this point. And 
I was doing a project with the Intro to Evangelism. Shout out Professor Losher. Uh, <laughs> we love him. And it was the kindness of it was the the kindness project. And I was like, man, like God, how can I reach this community for them to be seen, for them to be loved? And God just kind of gave vision for us to just write love letters and just pass them out. But a couple ministries up in Tulsa heard what we were doing and they wanted to donate groceries to us. And so I ended up, I invited like three friends to go with me and we ended up having 15 people show up. There were about 30 bags of groceries donated to us. And so we passed out these, these bags of groceries and we passed out these love letters. But the biggest thing that really got me for the first outreach was we just sit down with them and just listening to the story of just the homeless community it rocks you and it just gives you a different perspective. So yeah, it, it just started in a parking lot from a, a small town, a small town kid that was just broken and he knew just how broken he was, how much broken the world might be. And I just prayed to reach one person and God just ended up blowing it up to what we have today. And I, I just believe that God's continuing to do it. Alex, that is so amazing. I remember, um, so how I heard about this was I was doing an evangelism kind of outreach day with Carry the Love, and Alex was leading up the the homeless ministry side of that, and he told that story, and he told like a little bit of the details of how people would just like give, and they would just pour into this ministry that didn't even really start as like a solid ministry. It was just like it seems like it just kind of like came from heaven. Like it was one of those things where the Lord put that on your heart and you didn't know why. And then everything kind of fell into place. And that to me was just so impactful because I think how many times do we try to start something for ourselves? Do we try to impact people? But God in the right time, in the right way, just puts those things into our lap and teaches us those things just as we go about our lives, just seeking him. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if you have any like specific stories of how people just randomly poured into your ministry because I know and you've talked to me a little bit about like a few of those things that just blew me away whenever I heard just like the smallest details but any stories or anything you want to share where you're like oh my gosh that had to be God yeah first off just because like just just where I'm at and where where the ministry is just shows that it's God because I'm so disorganized. Like I, I don't <laughs> normally know how to run a team, but God's put like just, just really just put this burden on me, and I cast this vision. And then there's leaders that come around that really keep things organized or absolutely kill it in the media, and just different leaders that just kind of carry this thing out. But but in that there there is a story. So I, I say that to say, the beginning was messy, but but we knew that we were carrying an impact. There's a story where I, I called it the black money bag, and it's what we put it's what we put our beginning funds in. And there was probably, you know, I put probably a hundred dollars in it, and I I stuck it in my glove box, and I meant to bring it up to the, you know, to my room after I got back to the dorms. Well, I come back out to my car to grab it, and the money bag was gone, gone. And uh, I, w- I was heading to a coffee shop while I was heading there, and I saw how God provided for the first one with the groceries. And so I prayed this prayer, and I was like, God, I said, forgive whoever stole the money bag. And I said, God, I've seen you provide before. And I said, I trust you. And I go to this coffee shop, meeting up with a couple friends to do homework. And this girl, she, uh, 
she said that she she had some money donated to her just over the last weekend and she felt like she was led to donate it to the ministry so i just grabbed the money and i stuck it in my back pocket i didn't even look at it well i go to the prayer meeting um just probably about 30 minutes after this and i forgot the money's in my back pocket and so i pull it out and it was the exact amount that was stolen from us and it was like well over a hundred dollars well, I'm like in tears, like I'm absolutely wrecked. So I'm like typing, I'm typing out this testimony of like how God provided. And in the middle of me typing it out, I get a text from one of the pastors um, at a local church at Carbondale First Assembly. He said, hey, man, I just wanted to reach out. He said, I just bought all the he said, I just bought all the blankets that you have or that you need for the ministry. I just bought all the hand warmers, all the gloves. And he bought everything that we were needing for that next outreach. Wow. And it was over it was over a thousand dollars worth. But it shows like I, w- I prayed this prayer and it shows that God's not even just going to provide what was stolen or taken. But God's a God of exceedingly and abundantly. Amen. Um, Ephesians 3.20. Yes. Yes. And we're I, I, if I had like just a just a quote or just something that I really stand firm on and live by is that where God calls, he enables where God calls, he provides. And I've just seen that whenever and whenever anybody just has this vision and that God's really his sovereign hand is on it, that he will always provide a connection. He will always provide for the hour. He'll always provide regardless of what it looks like. So, yeah, it was it was insane. Uh, of just kind of like the supernatural provision from the money bag to even like our, our last outreach. A couple churches came together and they all provided and we were able to reach 200 homeless people with bags full of groceries and blankets and gloves. And the thing is, like, it's not just about the resources. God's, God's able to provide, like, the needs, but just the 40 or 50 people that were going out and evangelizing and giving them this good news, it was, I mean, I, I'm just in awe of it. It's, it's insane. Wow. No, I would totally agree. Like, just going out and experiencing that, not only for the homeless people, but for the evangelists, to just be a practical love to be Jesus in that way to them, to not just try to shove Jesus down their throats, to pray with them when they need it and pray with them when they want it and to tell them the good news and the gospel, but to also give them that practical love that shows them and that they would actually care about is just like something that we don't do every day or we don't think about every day, especially Christians now. It's almost like everything is virtual in a sense of like, tell people that Jesus loves them. Like you, you do that and you'll like go about your life like, oh, I'm going to read my word every day. I'm going to, you know, look at my Bible app. I'm going to input. But how often do we actually output? And we output in practical ways and practical love. And I think that you do that so well in your ministry is just the way that you, you do that with a joyful heart and how you encourage others to want to be a part of something like that. And not that it just makes us happy or fills us up whenever we can fill others up, but the way that it's just contagious and it spreads the love of Jesus like a wildfire is so insane. And so it's just incredible to see God blessing this just out of nowhere, like that black money bag story. God's just all over that. He's in it and he's blessing it. And there's really like no wrong thing about it because it's just giving it's being a blessing to other people and just doing it for them and you're you're so young for starting all this and like it becoming like almost non-profit status and all of these things the amount that it's grown because how long have you actually been doing this for 
Um, it's been probably about five months. About yeah. Five months, yeah. Like less than half a year. Yeah. And look how much God is in it already and how many people that is just affected through it. And that that is like so insane. You're how old? Like 19, 20? I'm 19. 19. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So like you are never too young for the Lord to speak to you, to use you, and you're never too old. Things like this. Like I remember this is just total sidebar, but Christine Kane came to speak um, at ORU at college a little bit ago, and she was saying how the sex trafficking organization stuff that she does, she didn't even know that that existed until she was 40 years old. And a lot of people would say that's like her main thing now that she she works on and fights for. And so just with all of that, like you are never too young, too old. The Lord can work in you in an instant. And he can take those dreams that maybe you didn't even know that you had. And he can work through you and work with other people. He'll bring you the resources. He'll bring you the people, the organization that you need. You know, my 20 tabs on my laptop right now say <laughs> that I need a little organization. The Lord knows it. But, you know, he's there's grace and he gives different people different gifts. And I think that's just like so beautiful to just take in and to see and I know that you've said some cool God stories of how he's affected your ministry but I kind of also wanted to ask what are some cool God stories that you've seen to the people that you've ministered to yeah first can I kind of say something to the about being 19 and never being too young oh yeah yeah please do honestly I I didn't get saved until I was 16 and a lot of my family wasn't saved. But, you know, it's it's all, it's it's nothing that I, I could have done. But it's just something that God was birthing in Tulsa. And I, I've just happened to be a vessel and just be a part of it. But, you know, I, I don't I, I believe that God can use people from young to old. It doesn't matter, like poor or rich. It doesn't matter where you come from. A full time student, like it, it doesn't matter what's what's going on. But if God gives you a burden, then, you know, run with it, because you know, I, I, I've heard a minister, David Wilkerson, said this. He said, I believe all true ministry is born out of anguish. And I, it, most of the time, anguish is born out of a prayer closet. And I, I never really had um, a burden for the homeless until I got to Tulsa and I saw the, I saw the problem. Um, but it wasn't until I went to the prayer closet and I was praying and I was like, God, let me reach one person. And he showed me the community. And I want to speak to something because before I came to ORU, I was like, God, like, I want to be an evangelist. I want to be a pastor. Like, God, I can't wait uh, because I love impact. But one thing that God's really shown me in this shift was that we're not called to a platform. We're called to a community. Whether you're shepherding over a church or you're shepherding to a homeless community or you're reaching the youth. But we're, we're allowed to be a vessel in, in all of the communities that we're in, whether that's friends or families. And so I want to encourage like just anybody listening right now is like if you have a burden run with it, cast the vision, write it down. And it, it doesn't matter where it is. Like don't, a lot of times we can be impatient, especially with our generation where we, where we get this burden or this vision. We're like, God, I can't wait for you to shake the world. He's like, I want you to shake your backyard. You know, it's like there's, there's neighbors next door. I, I never, I never dreamed of having more than five, five of my friends come with me to the streets. But I, like I said, it was just casting a vision and people just came around it. But anyways, back to the question. Can, can you re-ask me that? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, 
if you had any like testimonies or ministry stories that occurred and happened to the people that you ministered to, to any homeless people, like any great turnarounds or just little things that happen that are just like incredible. Yes. So our our vision and what we or our mission and what we believe God's doing is that we will see revival in the streets. And so we're rallying around this verse and it's Luke 4:18 and it says this. It says the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Mm-hmm. And we cling to this verse and we believe that God's anointed us not to just make impact from a platform or in a, in a church building, but that God, can, that God can perform revival outside of the walls. And we believe that revival happens in the streets. And I've, I mean, I've, I've seen testimony on testimony. I think the first true testimony is I think a lot of Christians are waiting on an opportunity to go evangelize and to go, go and carry out impact. But God already sent us. He, in Matthew 28, it says, go make disciples of all nations. That was our green light. That was our goal. He says, the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. And so I think the first biggest testimony is just giving, giving a Christian, giving somebody an opportunity to go and carry out this impact. And after every debrief, after every time we get done with the outreaching and stuff, we come together and all the people come together and they're like, man, like it was just natural to me. And it was like an unusual activation where you just take a step. And the first conversation is maybe a little odd. Um, the first time that I evangelized, it, it, was, probably, it was probably terrible. <laughs> it, it, would have been, it would have been crazy. But like, it, it was like the second conversation. It just kind of flowed. And it's because the Holy Spirit working in you, he gives you the words um, for such a moment as this, like he does in Acts for Stephen. So I think the first biggest testimony is the unusual activation for the people that just go for the people that just are willing. And then I had this really cool testimony. I, I won't share a name because I haven't got his permission. But he, it was our first outreach. We were going out and uh, we were doing this, we were doing the outreach. And he, he went up to a lady and he asked if he could pray with her. And she, she started tearing up and she was bawling. She said, God told me you was going to come today. He was like, what do you mean? And she was like, no. She said, you're Nigerian and you're 18 years old and your name is, and said his name. And he was like, he started bawling. He was like, what is going on? And his friend's behind him. And they go and they lay hands on this woman. And I think they said they prayed for cancer. And after they prayed, uh, she said that she felt, I, I don't know if it, I, I don't know where it was, but she said she felt a hundred times better. She believed that she was healed. And that day she gave her life to God. But it was crazy. It was so crazy that he prophesied over just a moment of a, a group of guys coming up. And then even another crazy story is, do you know the, like the story with in Matthew or in the Synoptic Gospels about the woman with the blood disease? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so there was this woman um, with a blood disease. She was, she was in a wheelchair and her calves were probably the size of tree trunks. And it was, it was really sad. And I felt like God was leading me to go talk to her. Um, and honestly, I was, I was kind of arguing with God in the back of my head because I was on the phone and I was like, God, like, how am I going to end this conversation so I can go? And in the middle of this call, she comes up to me. She says, sir, she said, I don't normally do this, but she said, do you have some change or do you have something so that, so that I can go buy tacos for my family? And so I end up, I, I hung up the phone and I start talking to her and I I mean, just instantly realized why God was leading me to talk to her. So she, 
she said that she was she didn't have a job because of her blood disease. She said her husband just passed away to COVID in the last two months. She said that one of her sons passed away to COVID that next month, and one of the other sons committed suicide, who was a twin, because of it. And it was really, it was heartbreaking. And I start talking to her, and I'm walking with her, and I buy, we're able to buy tacos for her. And, you know, after we get the tacos, we were able not to just meet her needs, uh, but I saw the blood disease, mm-hmm. and I was like, God, I was like, like, what can you do? And he was like, I've done this before. And uh, I start talking to her and I shared the story about the woman with the blood disease. And I said, I believe that God doesn't just meet our needs, but I believe that he's a healer as well. And uh, she, I asked if I could pray with her. She said, yes, of course. And she was in tears because of just able to meet the needs. And I start praying with her and I guess she's never seen it before. I start praying with her. And in the middle of the prayer, she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And she was like, I was like, what, what, what? And she said, she said, something warm is coming over my calves. And I was like, I said, that's the power of God. And I start praying with her again. And after I got done praying, like the calves have shrunk back to the normal size. But not just that. She said, she said she hasn't been able to feel anything in the last six years with lower knees. And she moved her ankle for the first time in six years. And she was rejoicing. She was praising God. And I start talking to her a little more. That's not even, I, I don't believe that was the most powerful part of the story was the healing or meeting the needs. Or we, we were able to get her family blankets because of the homeless outreach. But I start talking and she mentioned that he, she had a son that was eight years old. And it's so weird. I've never had the Holy Spirit do this. Uh, but I brought a deck of cards to the coffee shop because I was going to show like a card trick to some of my friends. As one does. Yes, yes, obviously. Yes, yes. But I, I, I felt like the Holy Spirit was asking me to go grab the deck of cards and give it to her for a son. And so I kind of, I said, hey, this might be kind of weird. I said, but I have a deck of cards. I said, would you mind if I bring it and just give it to you for your son? And she's, I mean, she's been crying for a little bit now. And she just, she's just rejoicing. Like, it's just like an outburst of emotion. And she said, Alex, she said, it was his birthday today. He turned eight. And she said, the only thing he asked for his birthday was a deck of cards. And I was torn up because I was like, God, like you didn't just meet the needs. You didn't just heal her, but you even care about the deck of cards. Like you even details. Can, yes, it's so cool. And it, it reminds me of the scripture where it says just the same way that a, the physical, a physical father can give gifts to their sons. How much more is it for a heavenly father to give gifts? Wow. And I was just blown away. And I, I think that's what ministry is. And I think that's what God just does. Is he just has a heartbeat for his people. And he cares more than just getting them for a ticket to heaven. He cares more than just a healing. But he cares about a deck of cards. It's a father's heartbeat. It's a friend's heartbeat. It's the son of God's heartbeat. Like, ah, it's so, it's so powerful. And it just shows, it shows the ministry of a yes of what happens when you just when you just go out there and regardless of what I was trying to fight that God was still able to work it was it was crazy Alex that's incredible like even that testimony like the testimonies of the good works that you do like that never dies like that is so so powerful and so amazing that I'm just like blown away and I hope that like the people listening today are equally as inspired and blown away. And so I was just also wondering, I know that you train, like I went to that evangelism training day and you are well-versed in evangelism, my friend. (laughs) So how would you 
tell others who are listening that might be asking or thinking to themselves, how can I get involved? Like, how can I practically help? Maybe they don't know a ministry to get involved with. Like, maybe there is one, maybe there's not. Do you have any advice for them on how to get plugged in, how to start doing practical things to get involved in evangelism or to help other people in that way? Yeah. First is I, I kind of have a unique take on evangelism, maybe. But I believe that evangelism just starts with a conversation. When we go out to the streets, we don't go and shove scripture down their throats. We don't go and just say, hey, Jesus loves you. Because it seems it seems rehearsed. It seems like we've just memorized it. And there's, there's something that I was reading. It said, are you going to make converts or are you going to make disciples? I think there's a huge difference. Because if you're going to make converts, if you're going to, you're seeing them as a project instead of a person. Yeah. A project says that they're just a number, just a number for the kingdom. A person says that they're a brother and sister in Christ. I want to teach something and then I'll add on to that. Three times in the Bible, it mentions the word Christians. Only three times. It mentions brothers and sisters in Christ over 250 times in the Bible. And I think that's something that we should really just really cling to because it shows the the heartbeat of God for his children and the heartbeat that he wants to see this unity in the body, not just in the body of like the Christian organization, not just the body, but the entire body of Christ, capital C, the entire church. And so, you know, I, I believe that it just starts with a conversation. I believe that it's just, hey, how was your day? And people today aren't aren't used to that, especially um, going in the streets and then Almost, I would say nine times out of 10, if not 95% of the time, it always leads back to Jesus because they start opening up about their life. I describe it like this. It's like they, they have a wound and they have a bandaid over it. And it's like just meeting them with the love of God, showing up in the nature of Christ, not just his name, but showing up in the nature that they start, they begin to start ripping off this, this bandaid and they start opening up their life. And then as soon as they take off this bandaid, that's the time when what we, we know the good news, be able to proclaim good news to the poor. That's the time when we're like, hey, I know the true surgeon. I know who can heal this. And then that's whenever the true surgeon really steps in and just does a work. And I've seen so people deliver from anxiety. I've seen salvations. And it just happens with a conversation. And so what I would tell to somebody is you already have the green light. You already have the go. You don't have to memorize all the scriptures. You all you know what God did for you. And that's plenty. The word of your testimony, blood of the lamb. And so just go out. It, I, I think I think ministries at the Walmart. I think ministries at the gas station. I think ministries in the home. And then go find a local body, find a church and get plugged in. They're, they're probably serving and doing outreach and go serve there. But I, I think one thing that I really want to hone in on is ministry is so much bigger than just a building. Evangelism is so much bigger than just a platform. It's the person that you see every day. It's the stranger that you pass. Every stranger has a soul. Every soul has a story. And every story is caught in the middle of this war of heaven and hell. And we're the, we should be the fighting force right there in the middle to fight for them. So yeah, just go, just be bold. The first conversation is probably going to be weird like mine was, but <laughs> the, the, more that you, the more that you grow in it, the more that you continue to go out, I mean, God just does it. He just does. It's just God's nature. We're just, we're just a messenger. We're just a vessel. So yeah, that's what I would say to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's such good advice. I, I would agree. I think Sometimes we overthink it a little bit, but it's just as easy as like finding your church, getting plugged in, and maybe you're just in a coffee shop. Maybe 
you know, you're just going about your day and just intently listening to the Lord whenever he says, hey, go over and like maybe pay for their drink or pay for their food or just tell them that Jesus loves them and or even just doing something practical for them. Like it's like you said, it's loving the actual person. It's not just trying to convert them or force them to accept the Lord. Like that's not love. That's not, you know, what God would do. Mm-hmm. And so just coming at it with that perspective of knowing that they're a person and practically loving them is so, so important. So Alex, I wanted to also just acknowledge that you have probably social media for yeah. the ministry that you do. And if somebody wants to become connected or just follow you through all of the things that you do, would you want to share like your platforms and how people can recognize um, what you're doing or even give if they feel the need to? Yeah. So we're we're on Instagram right now and it's just called it's CTL to the streets. CTL to the streets. And we we have different ways of giving. I can I could put my email out there. It's alex32837 at oru.edu. <laughs> um but uh there's honestly I I think the biggest thing that somebody can do cuz uh, I didn't want to just use this conversation so that, you know, I'm seen or that this ministry's seen. But I just wanted to encourage, because it's, it's the power of the gospel, but I just want to encourage the simple man to just, instead of just driving by a homeless person and giving $5, just give them five minutes of your time and talk to them, sit down with them, get on their level. Don't just see them as a project. Don't see them as something that's broken, but see them as a brother and sister in Christ. You can follow us. You can join our organization. I would love it. Um, and, I, you know, we'll, we'll go out together. But I just hope that whenever you see the next homeless person, that you see the heartbeat of a father in them, too, and that you can just, you just see what they carry. Thank you, Alex, so much uh, for just sharing your heart, for sharing what the Lord's given you and, and that outlet that he's given you to do that. That's just blows my mind, honestly, every time I think about how that came to be and the stories that you share of all of the good that came out of it. Like you, you're saying yourself, you could have never imagined that it would be more than just you and a few of your friends. Yeah. And that's just like so incredible and such a testimony of how God works and sometimes gives us the dreams that we didn't even know that we had. So I just wanted to thank you again for being on To the dreamers, love Alex Robinson. (laughs) Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.